as a very young girl, watching John Whitaker and, and Milton was fantastic. And now John actually talks to me, which is really cool. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Charles Owen podcast. Charles Owen has been manufacturing high-performance, stylish riding helmets since 1911. And to celebrate its 110th birthday, we are interviewing a range of riders, from the biggest names in equestrian sport to up-and-coming superstars. In these exclusive interviews, they reveal their highs and lows and share their secret to success in this challenging sport. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Gemma, hello. Hello. Thank you so much for joining the Charles Owen podcast. No problem at all. Very happy. Well, funny if you say that, because my first question is, I was going to say, you've always got a smile on your oh, face. Yeah. Um, but I know that you are fiercely competitive. You have to be in your sport, don't you? And I'm curious to know, how would your friends describe you? Oh, that's a funny question. <laughs> um, I think they'd probably describe me, yeah, as competitive, um, fairly driven, um, dedicated to what I do. And then... I'd hope that they would describe me as being quite loyal. But then also I do have a grumpy side. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'm sure I can be not always happy and, and smiley. There's there's also times when we're, you know, feeling down or grumpy or whatever. Um, but, yeah, try to be um, as positive as possible. And I would I would say that they would describe me as that. Yes, absolutely. And, well, with... The ups and downs of the sport we are going to come to. I'm going to be of talking course. about that because, yeah. goodness me, they really are in this sport. I just want to take you back in time a little bit. Now, I'm, yeah. I've read that you won the under-17 dressage championship when you were eight. Is that right? <laughs> yes. Which is quite, that's quite precocious. That's pretty amazing. Yeah, I was a um, very lucky girl. I had an amazing pony. His name was Woody. And we had a great partnership and he was very, he was very beautiful and he was a Palomino and he was lovely, lovely to ride in every way. He was a good jumper and... He was fantastic on, on the flat as well. So it gave me such a good start. And, you know, I'll be kind of forever grateful to him, really, because he really taught me how to win. Because mm. um, mm. we just we won everything together. And so were you always competitive? I mean, yes. from an early age? Yes. Yeah? Yes. <laughs> just yes. So, yes. so sure about that. There's no oh, other yes. way of describing <laughs> it. Yes, the answer is yes. And was that like an innate thing in you or... Did you, and obviously your mum ran a riding school, was yeah. it, you know, was just, just was it just an instinct in you from an early age or did you learn it from your mum or? No, I, it was definitely an instinct. Um, I would actually say that my father is probably um, the most competitive in the family, so I probably get a lot of that trait from okay. him. My mum is also fiercely competitive, um, but kind of more for me, um, whereas my dad was always competitive as a person as well. Yes. If that makes sense. So I yes. think it's probably come from him or... Sure. Have you got siblings? Uh, yeah, I've got a brother, a younger brother. And does he anything to do with horses? No, not at all. <laughs> Definitely not. But he very much supports me um, in what I do and, and my sport and follows me. He quite likes coming to the big events. He loves coming to badminton. He loves watching the Event Rider Masters series as well, as do all my family. Fantastic. Yeah, we've got a, a, good, a really good relationship. Mentioning the Event Rider Masters there, which obviously is a yeah, fantastic competition, which you won, I believe, in 2017, yeah. was it? In 2017, you won yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. So, a pretty amazing career. You've got your, you know, two team gold medals at Young Rider level. You were the yeah. under-25 national champion. You've competed in the Rio Olympics. Yeah. The Event Rider Masters in 2017 and numerous 
top three placings in in five star events, including third at Burley yeah. and Babington. Yeah, I'm just curious. Looking back at all that, I mean, you're still only 35, mm. but looking back at that, what what particularly stands out of all those wins? Which would you say stands out for you? Um, definitely winning the Event Rider Master Series is a massive achievement. And I had two fantastic wins that year, which I'm sort of very proud of. And then I think the third at, at both Badminton and Burley definitely stand out for me with Arctic Soul, mm. um, such a, a special horse to me. You know, probably the third at, at Badminton was just came at the most fantastic time in my career and really boosted it. In what way do you mean that, that it came at a good time? It was in 2016 before Rio. I was on really good form. I was riding really well. And it's kind of special because the horse is quite a complex horse. And kind of, I always believed in him. But to actually get that result at that level at such a prestigious event, my favourite event in the world, was a real dream come true to be honest and we finished on our dressage score which is what we always aim for and it was just a really proud moment mm. so that really massively stands out and then um i was second at poe a few years ago with Pomero four which also stands out as such a shame that we couldn't quite win that year we were literally 0.4 off off the leader oh, it was yeah. so close but kind of stands out in my head a bit because i was actually really really badly poorly um at the beginning of that week and I never thought I'd be able to ride kind of to end up finishing second in a five star when you're not feeling on good form was it was kind of got to the end and it was like a massive relief that I'd managed to get a result yeah I mean and as you say it was so close to winning the five star title still eludes you yep (laughs) I've been (laughs) second in that many four star longs five star I've been second third third yeah, it's got to happen at some stage. <laughs> it, it, no, it really has. Now, out of you said that you mentioned badminton particularly special to you. Which is the one? You know, I'm assuming you just you take any of them really. But is there a particular one that you would love to win, or one that you think you're more likely to win because you know your horses go better there, or it, yeah. it's it's a more successful show for you? No, I don't think so. I think I've gone well at many events, so I don't think there's really mm. a specific event that I would necessarily my horses go better at if that makes sense of course there are events that are more suited sure. to yeah, yeah, totally. certain type of horses for example burley is very suited to the big um, you know blood type horses like arctic soul so that's very suited to him um yeah you know one that i would probably love to win the most but honestly i would take you know any win at that level um <laughs> is obviously badminton it is the most prestigious event in our sport so it was 2007 I think wasn't it when you made your debut at Burley and Badminton and what was that like oh it was amazing I remember coming through that archway from the stabling area at Badminton into the opened up into the park you know it's the most fantastic feeling and you know what that never gets old what have we been six years in a row with Arctic Soul and it never gets old it's so special it is and sadly didn't didn't happen this year fingers crossed yeah, everything crossed. Next year. It was a real shame. Obviously, the virus has put paid to an, an awful lot of things this year. But, you know, I did, I did feel sad because, you know, Arctic Soul's 17 this year, he's 18 next year. My plan is to bring him back up and, and try and see if I can go for one more. But I'm very much yeah. going to go with how he feels. The horse is very well sound fit. Um, he's had a year off. Um so yeah. I hope that he will go. But it was also the biggest shame really was for my 
amazing our amazing mayor Santiago Bay because she's actually in the form of her life right in prime in her prime 12 years old she was seventh at Burley last year so of course she would have been really on form for badminton for this year so it was a real a real blow you know I sort of made massive progress with her and um Mm. Mm. and you know she was fit and sound and ready to go so it's sad when horses get to that level it has been sad and there are lots of riders in the same boat as me with horses but it's a bit sad for those horses that are in their prime that it's a shame for them to miss a year but it's not meant to be and we have to all move on and the mare is actually in um, very good health in good form and hopefully we can prep her again for next year sure and talking of next year obviously Tokyo as well yeah I mean what are your, th- what are your thoughts I on just, that it's a very <laughs> open thing you know I would be short of but for me myself I'd be very short of form um, compared to some of the others I guess like that have been competing this year for example Laura Piggy Tom Oliver so I honestly don't expect to go to the Olympics next year necessarily but you know Santiago Bay at the same time has got very good form from last year we chose not to take her to to Poe it would have been doing something that we hadn't planned and we didn't want to do that so we decided to just save her for badminton I don't have current form yes you've had a quiet very quiet very quiet 2020 yeah so we'd have to come out and do extremely well to be in contention and I understand that so We'll be doing our best, but at the same time, I'm very realistic about the fact that only three are going to be on the team. And, you know, if we're good enough and we're sound and fit at the time, then absolutely fantastic. It was obviously the most amazing thing to do. So would it be that would it be that mare that you would think is is the most likely? Yeah, Yeah, definitely. Yeah, We, we all need to keep fighting for the European Championships to be reinstated because it's it's been organised for the dressage and show jumping and why not for the eventing. So we're, we're all fighting, fighting for that at the moment. You mentioned show jumping there. Yeah. You're quite good at that, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> Doing a little bit of that on the side. Yeah, I mean, Tell us about that. Yeah, um, really enjoy it. Really, yeah, really, really enjoy doing it. I've got uh, the most amazing seven-year-old show jumping horse. So her name's Candy Girl, MGH Candy Girl. So, and a couple of really nice young horses, one of which I've actually bred, five-year-old stallion. So yes, I've been doing a bit on the side. I've just recently come back from doing a, a proper show jumping tour in Villamora in Portugal. The Sunshine Tour. Yeah, um, it was really cool. Nice. So, so still jumping at kind of 135, 140 level with a seven-year-old, but she all need to step up next year so yeah it's quite exciting and so how did that happen how did it i mean obviously obviously you show jump that's what eventers do but how did you end up specializing what, what, made, what um, made that happen i kind of always really enjoyed it but obviously up till now i've very much had the event horses and they've kind of gone off and i've you know gone to uh british show jumping shows and show jumped them but i've never really had like a specific course that i just show jump so when we bought MGH Candy Girl, we actually bought her really to event. Although she's got very much jumping line, she's actually very blood in her breeding. Anyway, it was very apparent only after a week of having her. There was no way in a million years I was going to event her because she goes sky high over every jump and is very, very careful. 
it would not be appropriate to take her cross country. So I I just thought, well, I'm just going to show jump her. It's a, it's quite a different challenge, isn't it? British show jumping is really, really quite different from eventing show jumping, isn't it? I mean, it's really technical. Yeah. And it's and it's big. Yes, it it is different, and it it really ups your game. To be honest with you, yeah. Um, and I actually think it sharpens it sharpens the mind. Some of the Grand Prix, the seven year old Grand Prix I jumped out there were very technical. Ha- had to really think about it. You know, it's not a case of just jumping across a diagonal and you know down no, the really side. <laughs> it's not. It's um. You know, it's pretty technical, and the time's tight, and then going against the clock as well, which I do. Actually, I think, you know, it's good for us all to, to have a bit of a go at it. And it can only it can only improve you um, sure. jumping around these tracks. You know, I plan to, to have three or four jumpers um, along the side of the event horses. And so will eventing always be your first love? I, yeah, definitely. That's obviously very <laughs> much where my, um, you know, my heart has been for, for my career. Um, but at the same time... Um, I love the jumping and also um, there is a bit more money in the jumping so yeah uh, you know from selling horses and things like that we all have to at the end of the day we all have to make ends meet and be good business people at the same time yeah absolutely so there's definitely more money in in show jumping um talking about eventing being your first love I want to know what what is it that you love most about your sport about eventing um I think probably when you get to the end of a big event like Badminton and Burley and you've gone well and all the preparation that goes into it, it's the most amazing sense of achievement. Mm. I think that's probably why we do it and why it's so addictive because Mm. it's such a massive lead up for this one event quite often with these horses, Mm. especially now with all social media and all these podcasts that go on and and everything you know and you get to the end of the event and you've actually achieved what you wanted to achieve it is yeah like i say the most amazing sense of achievement at the end and do you feel proud of yourself yeah i feel yes not just myself but but all of us it's a team thing eventing is a team sport okay Mm. i have to go off with my horse at the end of the day to go off and do a dressage test, go cross country, do a show jumping, but it's a, absolutely a team sport. Yeah, yeah. And what would you say is the toughest part of the sport? Oh, probably keeping them sound. I'd mm. say is the toughest part for me. Injuries are so heartbreaking. You know, yeah, that's the most tough and frustrating part, definitely. So, yes, you talked about your chilli babies. Yeah. Can you tell me about them? Yeah, sure. So, yeah, we've got quite a few. Um, we've got quite a few sort of five, six-year-olds coming through now, which is really nice. They're all really different. Got a lot out of the same mare, King's Gem. And, again, they've all been different, but they're all, they've all got an amazing, amazing brain and they're quite late developers, so you have to be patient. But they come into their own and, and you know, they're fantastic horses. And are they all out of Chile Morning? Yeah, so they're all by Chile, and then we've got various different mares. Um, and Chile Morning, obviously, William Fox Pitts. Yeah. Form event horse. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah. And that must be unbelievably satisfying, breeding 
your own. Yeah. Do you? T- I mean, is that what you prefer to do? Do you prefer to breed your own, or is there also a combination of, of buying horses? I mean, obviously, I know you buy and sell as well. Yeah. Yeah. So there's not. I don't actually really have um, a choice, uh, a preference. You know, buying them as young horses and bringing them on is just as satisfying. Obviously, breeding them right from the beginning it takes a long time. Yeah. But it's also, you know, it is amazing. So like with Chilly Night. Um, you know, I was there the day he was born and then he went round his first five star. So that's really cool. Amazing. Yeah, like I, there's not a huge preference. Probably breeding them all the way up to five star is, yeah, is pretty, pretty cool. Pretty special, I imagine. Yeah, Absolutely. pretty special. Yeah, definitely. And what about, what about life away from the horses? Do you have time? To, <laughs> not much there, of that. Is there? Is there? I was going to say, well, the thing is, you used to have the winter off, surely. I know. And now you're yeah. show jumping. So, I mean, my goodness. Do you yeah. get downtime? Yeah, we do. We've just got back from, well, not long been back from Villamora, which was, yeah, we had five horses there. So we were busy enough, but it was nice to get away um, and have a little bit of sunshine. Normally at this time of year, we'd go on a proper holiday somewhere. This time last year, we were in Australia. Um, and that is nice to have a bit of time, proper time mm. away from, from it all. What about, you know, even if you're not, I mean, do you go out? Go to the yeah. pub? Would you go to the cinema? Yeah, and, absolutely. Yeah. Got a little circle of friends. Go to the pub and, um, you know, go to the pub with my boyfriend and definitely, definitely do that. And are, are these friends, are they horsey? Or have you got uh, non-horsey yeah, mostly, friends? Yeah, mostly horsey. Yeah, mostly horsey. I was going to ask you your boyfriend because you mentioned him in the blog, in your blog. Yeah. So is he horsey? He is, very much, yeah. Yeah, very much. So he um, has always mostly been in show jumping. Okay. He actually, at the moment, is he's been really great and he's been riding my five-year-old stallion because he's so big. <laughs> he's like 17, 17, two, wow. 17, one, 17 two. so he's a big boy, so... He's been helping me with him and, and actually riding him at shows a bit. But yeah, he's yeah very much in show jumping, but again, also loves the eventing. He's very competitive for me. You know, absolutely loves the horses. That's like kind of his life as well. Um, can you imagine, it would, I imagine it'd be quite difficult to be with someone potentially that wasn't into horses because it's so all-consuming for you, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And that, it's it's hard for people to understand because it's, it's not really a job, it's a way of life. It's, you know... And when you're away for, you know, I've just been away for five weeks. Um, you know, <laughs> how do you explain that yeah. to someone? So, yeah, yeah so, um, yeah, I think we get on really well. We have the same love. We have the same passion. He he wants me to be at the top and he he's always there to help me do that. got some questions here from charles owen fans yeah ella wilshire wants to know how do you overcome your fear when jumping i mean do you get do you get scared when jumping very much so i I get very apprehensive very nervous more actually before cross country i have in the past had a bit of help from a sports psychologist and there's no shame in that to help control the nerves and to try and turn them into positive feelings rather than negative feelings. I have accessed it very, you know, luckily through the World Class Programme, but they are very easy to access outside of that. There are plenty around that can help um, and it helped me a huge amount. What would you say is the key thing that you've learned from the sports psychology side of it? I think um, learning actually how your brain works, um, so how to control um, the bit that's telling you to be scared Yeah. and trying to turn things into positive feelings and think of all the positive things that you've done and I think probably the 
most important thing is to always be very prepared be over prepared and don't ever overface yourself so that you always know you can do it yes yeah and obviously i said you know we've spoken about how you're very competitive and and we're talking about what a tough sport it is but how do you cope with with failure how do you pick yourself up and carry on have a good cry um have the right people around you to help you have a good cry if that's what you Mm, need to do mm. and then you know then you've got to try and put it behind you and you know there's there's always another day and you've got to think about what you can do to make it better for the next time you know there's no you can't change the past but you can change the future so you have to put that behind you and move on and make the future better no absolutely that's great that's 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 a very good take home kylam cleod 09 would like to know what is your biggest accomplishment now i know we did speak before about your numerous wins yeah is there something Mm. in your life that you think is you're most proud of yeah there's obviously a number of things so if you go in the competition life then you know i think my my relationship or partnership with arctic soul and what we've achieved is probably my biggest achievement the horse is not very easy and he's a complex character and i think what we've achieved is really cool yeah um, and, and a massive accomplishment in my my personal life you know buying my first house that sort of thing it's a big deal that must be an amazing feeling yeah so i'm based i'm very lucky to be based at chris and lisa stone's amazing yard and facilities and my house is just 10 minutes away fantastic so when did you buy the house uh two and a half years ago was that with your erm money (laughs) it it certainly helped yeah (laughs) it certainly helped a lot but yeah so obviously everything that i've achieved in the horse world has made it possible for me to go on and you know buy a house and you know buy a lorry and all that sort of stuff which is something that i yeah that i'm proud of fantastic so you should be as you say you don't, it's not that you get paid you don't get that much money do you in this sport so no you have to work quite hard you have to you do making it work you do yeah you do so yeah. no absolutely amazing achievements um we've spoken about your your young horses now camilla wilson dot yeah. eq mm-hmm. would like to know have you got any advice for warming up less experienced young horses at an event is there do you do, do you do things differently with them oh yeah of course um I think the most important thing is to create confidence before you go in the ring. Don't overface yourself. Um, with a young horse, just start really small, even if you have to trot over a pole on the ground to start off with. Build it up slowly and go into the ring full of confidence. Um, don't overface yourself in the warm-up. I think that's probably a, a very important thing to do with a young horse. Great, thank you. And Illy, Dot 2006 wants to know, how did you start riding? Now, we mentioned at the beginning of the interview that your mum had a riding school. So how did it all, how did you know when were you first on a horse? I believe before I could walk. <laughs> um, my mother, when I was very young, we still lived up in sort of North London, Watford area, and she worked at a riding school. And so I just was riding the ponies, and that's all I wanted to do right from the beginning. And how did the competition element come into it? Was that sort of via the pony club or? Yeah, via the pony club and um, my mum, um, you know, we just had some ponies that I actually used to show jump a lot when I was when I was a kid. We used to go every weekend or winter with three or four ponies and, and jump and then evented all summer. So <laughs> nothing's changed. No, no, exactly. 
setting of the president um, yeah. very early on. Yeah. Um, X Ruby underscore Lee's X would like to know where did you find your first horse? Now you meant obviously there's been lots of horses during your life. The, that mm. that first pony you mentioned, who really sort of was yeah, a bit of a life so changer. Where did you find him? He was yeah. So he wasn't actually officially my first pony I was very lucky to have a pony before him called uh little pony called Hamish who was a little dun pony he was a saint Mm -hmm. um and he ended up working in my mum's riding school for years and years after he was actually a rescue pony but he was safe as houses and so I sort of learnt to ride on him and then the second pony Woody someone actually I think offered him to my mum and I think my mum and dad had to literally save up to buy him um, you know, he wasn't very much money, but we didn't have any money, so they saved up to buy him, and, yeah, he was just the most wonderful, wonderful pony. And so you've come from, you know, not... Although your mum had a riding school, which obviously is a great, great place to start, in terms of yeah. them becoming an eventer, I mean, it's, a, it's an expensive sport and it's hard work, so you've, yeah. you've really had to work hard, haven't you, to get where you are today? Yeah, you don't get anywhere without hard graft, in I would say any sphere of life, whatever it is, you know, the successful people work hard. So, yeah, we've had to work really hard and, you know, we haven't been, we've never been flush with money. Mm. You know, my, my dad has worked so hard to help me, with, uh, you know, as a young girl and, and me and my mother worked hard with the riding school to pay for my ponies' horses. Yeah. And then, you know, I was lucky to get a, a good break in coming to ride for Chris and Lisa Stone up at um, where I'm based now. I've been based here for 12 years or so, which has, you know, been a long relationship. Yeah, I'm very lucky to ride ride for them. And then I've got some some other lovely owners who I'm very lucky to ride for. So at what point, when was it you knew you wanted to make eventing your career? Yeah, probably before I was even able to add up or spell, which I still can't do. So, yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm getting that from Elodie. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, yeah, basically right from the beginning. Bonkers underscore EQ would like to know, which horse would you love to ride, dead or alive? Probably Mickey's, Lib Boss, whatever you say it, but Sam, um, his amazing you know, top horse yes. in eventing is just the most fantastic horse of all time, really, I think. I don't think it's going to take some beating. Um, and it would certainly have been nice to have a little little ride around on him. I think I have to say show jumping as well, obviously. Yes. There are a few, um, but I think you can't not say about Milton. I was going to say fantastic. Milton. That was, that was in my mind. Yeah, he was so amazing. And, and as epic. a kid... Just, I was obsessed with watching him and John. It was just such a fantastic um, mm. partnership. And, yeah, he was just brilliant. Talking of, okay, horses that you would like to ride, obviously you've had you've been mm. fortunate enough to own some amazing horses yourself. Mm. Now, I know this is possibly an impossible question, but I'm curious to know, who would you say has been the best horse of your career? Um, I think I have to say Arctic Soul. He's done the most for me. Um, you know, I think... Pebbles, uh, quick look, um, is not far behind um, him. She's taken me to to two fantastic championships. Mm. But I think at the top, top of the sport, he, you know, has been third twice, badminton and Burley. He's been placed at badminton, I don't know, four or five times at Burley twice. And then he, you know, he took me to a European championships. We finished in the top 10 individually. And then 
Um, you know, we won team gold at the World Equestrian Games. He has just been the Pretty most amazing. fantastic horse. And he, you know, and it was special also because it wasn't necessarily what we thought would happen with that horse at the beginning. You know, it was a, a bit of a challenge. He was a challenge and it was a challenge. But because we gained such a fantastic partnership, it worked. And where did he come from? Oh, that's a whole other story, really. <laughs> He, he's got the most amazing story, which is also why it's so special. So he was kind of rescued off a meat truck in Ireland. He was, you know, he was racing. Uh, he's a full thoroughbred and he was absolutely useless as a racehorse. And then uh, he was rescued off the meat truck. And then Marty Rudd in Ireland bought him from the late, I think from friend down the road that he was rescued from for less than a thousand euros. Wow. And she fed him up and got him going and then Nicky Roncaroni bought him with Philip Kerr um, who owned him at the beginning when I first started riding the horse she produced him and sort of retrained him very beautifully at the beginning and that I know for a fact wasn't without its troubles <laughs> as well he was quite challenging at first I think for her um, but she did a great job and sort of produced him up to novice level of eventing mm -hmm. And then the horse came to me and, you know, we we worked very hard with him. But, um, yeah, the rest is history. And did you did you click with him straight away? He's, as you say, he's, he's quite a quirky character. Yeah, he's very complex. And um, I think, yeah, we did actually. Um, I seem to have an understanding of him very early. And he learned very quickly that I that I was going to put him in the right place in the show jumping and that he could trust me. Mm. But at top level, it took a while with the show jumping because he would be so nervous about the crowd. He'd be thinking about that rather than concentrating on me. Mm. Um, so it took a long time for me to get him to, to realise that he had to be in the zone with me rather than worrying about everything else. And you've spoken there about John. I mean, what other sort of what other idols did you have growing up who were you, who were you watching and and learning from growing up I've always really admired and looked up to and she's sort of been my idol of that's Pippa Pippa Funnel mm, mm. and and husband Will you know the pair of them as a kind of partnership have been so amazing obviously as a very young girl watching John Whitaker and and Milton was fantastic and now John actually talks to me, which is really cool. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. so were you, were you starstruck um, yeah. when you first met him? Were you starstruck? Um, no, I think, well, maybe a little bit. I, I feel like slightly I've grown out of that because obviously I'm so used to competing with all these people. Like, I went to the Rio Olympics with my idol. Like, how cool was that? Yes. Um, you know, I went with, with Pippa. Pippa. yeah. Um, so that was just, I yeah. was going to ask you about um, that. I mean, there's that thing, isn't it? you grow up they're your idols and then you're next to them on the podium or sometimes maybe ahead of them on the podium I mean you know yeah. what's that like yeah so I've got one of my favorite favorite photos um probably of all time is of uh me with Tina Cook and Pippa and I'm in the middle and they've both got their arm kind of mm. around me when I won the final trial at Bramham and they were second and third um wow. And that's a really special memory and I love that photo because it was just, I was stood there like, oh, what's happened? Yeah, <laughs> I can't believe it. Moment. Yeah, proper, proper pinch me moment. And, 
you know, it was just like going off to press with Pippa and Tina. It was just like really cool. Wow. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. Jim, well, we're coming to the end now. I've got three questions that we always ask at the end of the podcast. Yeah. Which is, if you hadn't been a rider, now obviously, you, you know, clearly you, you aren't going to be anything else. No. Um, is there anything you can think of that you would have done if you if you weren't a rider now, if you hadn't been a rider? Mm. Uh, definitely something in sport. So whether if that had been actually competing in sport, you know, I, at school I was always very active and loved playing all the sports. I swam a lot and things. So something to do with sport, whether it's actually doing it myself or being involved in it in some way, I would definitely say that's what I would have done. Sure. And what were you like academically at school? I'm getting the feeling you weren't absolutely rubbish. You weren't that interested. <laughs> absolutely rubbish. I used to stare out the window thinking about when I could go and play netball or when I could go and ride my ponies. Pretty much the whole. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, the plan worked, and here you are. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. And Gemma, when are you happiest? Would you say? Um. <laughs> When it's sunny and I'm able to do my job properly when it's when the sun's shining. I hate bad weather and I hate the well, You're in the wrong country, aren't you? Possibly, yes. <laughs> I know. My God. Well, that's why I went to Portugal for a month. Well, it's not why I went, but it certainly helps. The sunshine certainly helps. Yeah, yeah, it really does. Um, and what do you wish you'd known 10 years ago? Is there anything you'd go back and tell your younger self? Um... It's that's a really obviously a very open question, but I think um, I would go and tell myself that there's always another day, and I've already said it on this podcast. But the past is done; you can't change it, so you have to learn to live with it and move forward and make it better for next time. And I think there's always another day, and if it's not right. Um, don't dwell on it don't worry about it move on and and be better next time and I've definitely that is probably the the biggest thing that I've learnt over the last few years yeah fantastic thank you Gemma and on that note thank you so much for talking to us no problem thank you